You're listening to the Ecological Podcast, all about our positive partnerships with horses and other animals through work and play. Your hosts are Rebecca Bayliss from Little Green Stables and Kate Blackmore from Ecological Positive Partnerships. We are very excited about today because not only is it the end of season two, episode 12, but we're going out with a bang because we've got the queen of clicker training joining us and we are so pumped about this. Me and Kate have been basically up all night, fidgeting, like excited. It's like girls going to their first gig. So here we are. I'm going to pass you over to Kate, who's going to introduce the fantastic queen of clicker training, Shauna. Yay! I feel like we have to do like a a clap or something. Okay, so uh, we have the fantastic Shauna here. So for any of you that don't know who Shauna is, and if you don't, where have you been? Yeah, because, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, and so you need to catch up very quickly. Um, so Shauna began her career back in the day, let's say back in the day, Shauna, shall we? Um, at SeaWorld, um, working with large marine animals and using positive reinforcement. Um, she is a positive reinforcement animal behaviour expert and has worked with many high-profile competition horses and has spent 26 years pioneering her on-target training program. And um, she is now working at Via or Via Nova. Via Nova. Via Nova. Via, Shauna. Via Nova Training, um, where predominantly (laughs) she works with um, competition horses. And she is almost, not almost... She's absolutely, definitely the most positive person I've ever met in my life. Yeah, I think I would say not only do you teach positive reinforcement, but you are so positive. And when I listen to your podcast, the What Clicker 101, the positivity comes through in the training and and the podcast all the time. And that just... I normally listen to it while I'm either poo-picking or I'm driving around with clients and it just boosts me because the energy comes over in in the podcast so it's really really fab really good so we are so grateful to you for coming on to our podcast now Shauna and I we met uh about six years ago if not a little bit more than that actually when you came over to England and we're in Taunton out of all the places in England it was unbelievable and and, uh, Lotta a friend of um, ours invited me over and I remember just watching you at this clinic and then I I turned around to my colleagues and went that's it this is it this is the way I want to (laughs) work and then it just started and then we got to spend some time together and you came to Conquest and you really helped me and it was so lovely and um, it really inspired me and I know you've inspired so many people to start this journey and you know just I want everybody to know what a support you are behind the scenes as well so as somebody who trains in a is a behaviorist you know I come to you and go oh my god Sean I've had this awful experience blah blah and you're the first there you're like no worries we'll sort it out and Hmm. and it's just brilliant so you really inspire me as well so I I really wanted everybody to know that (laughs) I think it's important you know what I get I get kind of like I get teary-eyed because it (laughs) a lot you know all these years but it really is what it's about for me Mm. and I love that you two and your journey and your dedication to bringing it to all sorts of people you know it takes it takes a village it really does and and you're part of an important part of that village and it just it means a lot to me so so thank you it's 
Great to be here. Yeah, oh, we made Shona cry. Woo! <laughs> 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 um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. So, so Shona, you know, we um, we asked you to come on and talk about kind of your top five do's and don'ts, which might be more than five, which is absolutely fine because our listeners will be really wanting to take as much as they can from you. So, you know, should we start with the do's? And yeah, then the yeah, don'ts, yeah. because we specialise in the don'ts. <laughs> we like to show people the don'ts and then, then the do's afterwards. So let's yeah. go with the, with the do's Let's, first, go, let's do we? the do's. Do yeah. the do's. Yeah. Okay. I put down, um, and so when you write them down, and they're all, so I have my little notebook, you know, scrawled <laughs> as I do, as one does, and the... Um, and, and it's it's very much they're kind of concepts. So I so one of the things I think that and as I kept going, I was like, well, there's this and there's that and there's this and there's that. And then there's my book outline that has a bunch of things. I'm like, well, what about this? And I didn't say that. And oh so yes, we'll just go through. Yes, we'll get there in a little bit. But <laughs> the um, so I think that some of that we're going to go over the ones I wrote down first, and then how long do we have? As long as you want, as long as you want. As long as you have time available for us. <laughs> okay, so one of the very first things I wrote down is remember to click on the behavior you want to see more of. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really, it, it talks about the timing. But as we look at things, people kind of mystify it a little bit. Don't. It's okay. You've got people who are already doing traditional training have good timing. I mean, they have timing. They're aware of timing. I guess not everybody has good timing, but, but we're struggling to get better with the timing, but it is the same timing. So I remember when I first started work, watching BZ Madden work with horses. Now, this is the first professional I'm working with, really the first time I'm working with horses after marine mammals. And I thought, her timing's really good. And I was used to teaching people through marine mammal training who didn't know any timing at all. And, it, and, and, and you're just used to seeing that. And then I would see BZB so good in her timing. And I thought, of course, it really is the same timing. You're just, what happens after that timing is different, yeah. but it is the, the, the same timing. So just reminding people to think of the piece you want to see more of. Think of it in your focus and think of it in, in the activity that happens. So sometimes it's what we think. We think I'm going to train them to have a flying lead change, you know, or whatever the piece is. And so we, we have this big grand thing. Well, you got to think, okay, what are the little pieces that lead to it? But then the other thing that I think is so important is to think of the timing in the essence of that moment. So as we start off, we're thinking, well, what I want is a flying lead change with the, you know, but then as you get going, you're like, well, what's, what, what is the first little piece of that? Mm. You know, I need to feel that weight shift over, you know, or whatever the piece is. And remembering that little piece is what's going to build, be the building blocks for the other pieces. So I think as we think about, I think one of the, the struggles we have, so now here we're going to go into another one that I didn't write down, is we tend to want to do things in very big. Mm-hmm. And I think what we need to do is do things in much smaller so I think that as we try to break it down and make the a little teeny tiny piece, it makes it easier to recognize that piece is an important part of the next part. So even like, I think a good example is, you know, when you're walking with a horse who is 
too close to you, and you're kind of like, I need a little space. Yeah. And so you're doing the liberty <laughs> leading, and you're like, I need you to be over there. So then I think to myself, well, what what piece will support that? What piece will create that behavior? And I think when I, if he's, whenever he steps on that outside foot, that shoulder goes away from me a little bit. So I'm going to start clicking every time he steps on the outside foot. And then pretty soon the horse is like this outside foot. And you'll find you're creating more leaning on the outside foot and more distance starts to begin. So does that all make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It makes what a perfect tip. sense. And actually that's, what I like about it, and as somebody who's a learner, not a trainer, is that I really struggle to break it down. So I can see that end behavior of what I want, but to be able to break it down to that minuscule, minuscule, smaller, smaller step is really tricky for us. And timing for me is something that when I've been learning the clicker training, I've had to be really conscious of my timing because I get so lost in the moment that or my hands in the bag or I'm clicking after he's done it or you know it, it's just messy so it's you know I'm really grateful for having Kate as that body on the ground to go no 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 you were late or you, you we'd need to take it back take I it back more nicely than that though sometimes sometimes. <laughs> sometimes but it's this is where the training um listening to the people who have been there and done it and 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 are able to explain it so well because i think sometimes it's hard for us to the learners to break it down so small so that outside foot is is that's like gold yeah that's good really yeah good. and it is really and and i also want to encourage you because this is how it works for me i will feel it before it even gets to my head, you know, so he's too close. He's too close. I think mm. that, you know, I don't even know what you did, but the space was there, mm -hmm. you know, so then I have to, so I may just go, I'll take that and then think, what was it? What happened? What did I like about it? What created it? So, so don't forget to trust your instinct a bit. You know, people want to, this is one of the things I find people do. We could write this one down too. Don't get too stuck in the, the book, you know, per mm. se. So mm. people then go, well, I should be doing it at the third time on the fourth. <laughs> and you're like, stop with that. If you go there, then you got to go about what have I read and what have I learned? And we're, we're kind of cutting out that, that intuitive nature yeah. that is really a big part of it. And it's not intuitive. It's your mind recognizing it before your brain goes, what just happened? So I think I want people to, to trust that and go, okay, that, that felt right. And then break it down. And the teaching has helped me so much to be, to learn how to recognize that, that part that happens unconsciously and to then break it down and go, what was that? And how can I help people to develop that? Because mm -hmm. it is a time thing, but, but to keep people looking at the horses in front of them, as opposed to thinking, you know, and getting mechanical about it, mm. thinking, you know, I should do this, and blah, 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 and it, don't do all that. Little kids are really good. And, you mm. know, I think little kids are good because they do all that. They don't go to what they learned at a clinic. They go, well, that felt better, you know, and they really mm. respond to the horse. So yeah. I think that's a good piece that I think remind us if we can be like little kids. Yeah, I think we get quite bogged really down with it. And I, I, think that you remind everyone that you know we're supposed to be having fun mm. you know I yes. I went through a phase where I was so like 
I felt so that I had to reach these goals, which I did obviously because I was working within a charity and they had stuff, but but I wasn't having fun and I was like, let's do this. And it became like so robotic. And then I was like, why am I even doing this? It's just not, you know, I think everybody goes through a little bit of that journey. Mm. And if, if any of our listeners are going through that journey, just listen to Shauna talk and yeah. just be like, oh no, it's all fine. That's all great. <laughs> and you know, my, my last one on the do's and I will just go to it right now is to remember this is supposed to be fun. Mm. You know, this, and if we get too, you know, like too focused and too, you know, aggravated about little pieces, the horse starts going, what's up with my human? Yeah. You know, and they feel that, they respond to it. And so when I start to feel like, well, I don't know what to do and I need to take a moment, I, I find a good endpoint. I give them, you know, magnitude reinforcement, a jackpot feed, and I step out and think, okay, I got to step aside and think through that intense part on my own for a second and get a new plan and then go in and then execute the plan, but with joy and fun. And you know what's funny? The marine mammals, they got all their food each and every day, regardless of what they did or didn't do. They got all their social interactions each and every day, regardless of what they did or didn't do. So why would they do it if it's not about the food? Mm. You know, it was it was up to us to be sure it was fun for them. Yeah. So when we came in there, they're like, hey, the humans are here. What are we going to do today? Mm. And I think that's an important part. to t- And yet we train things to very high criteria. We were expected to get very high criteria. So you're like, how do I get you to do something very difficult consistently and think it's fun? Yeah. <laughs> and that was our challenge. But but it's it's easy to do. I mean, it's not easy to do, but it's, it's definitely very doable. But if we really simply think, let's just make it fun, it will be fun. And then the horses are like, yay, what thing do you have mm. today? And that kind of reminds people, or for those that don't know, that like they did this study in the 60s where they gave animals free food, then they taught them to hit a lever for food, then they gave them both options back. They tend to ignore the free food and go to the lever for food. Yeah. So there's something in there that is, is fun and challenging. It's like doing, you know, video games or a crossword puzzle. You know, I love doing those. And no one pays me to do those, but I love doing them. And I don't always get them right. You know, I can go, I don't know, I only got one word. <laughs> What's wrong with me today? But it's okay, and I enjoy it. And I think that's what we want the horses to do, Mm. whatever our learner is, you know, whether it's a sea lion or an iguana, you know, (laughs) we want them to show up and go, how fun is this? And that's really important, and and it should be something we can do. One of the hugest compliments I got, there was a guy, and he worked with professional horses as a body worker. And so he was employed by all the professionals. He charged a lot of money. He booked way out. He was good at what he did. But he was making fun of this trainer in the area who was working with the professionals. It was a venting community. And they kept, he started making fun of the gal, the trainer who was working. And she was very, she was very Buck Branneman and, and westerny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thought, oh, she's going to hate this. And then she's <laughs> like, this is the missing piece. I was like, yes, it is. But so pretty soon she's working with the, doing it with her horses and her clients' horses. And, and he started making fun of her and saying, so are you feeding your pony? You know, and, mm. and so she just kind of stuck with it. Then he came to a demo I did. And he saw the demo. And he, like the next day, he 
it canceled his appointments. He followed me around to every client's um, private lesson that he could get in on. He just took it in for two, two days straight. And then at the end of it, or so then she, the trainer who was getting teased, went to him and said, so are you feeding your pony? And he <laughs> said, you know what? We're doing really serious things. We're making serious progress, but I feel like I'm 12 years old again. Oh, oh my goodness. That's what it should be about. We we should not lose track of that, that we mm. love the little horse at some point in time. We can still be that little kid with our horse mm. and still get to, you know, big, serious goals. So I, I think that was a huge compliment that still I love to this day. Do you know what? That's so interesting because I, when I train people at Conquest about behavior and positive reinforcement and stuff, I actually use three videos and they're all about introducing horses to TARP. And they are you, Buck Branham and Monty Roberts doing the same exercise. And I get them to compare it and think about um, the horse's feelings and emotions and how motivated they will be to work with that trainer in the next session and all that kind of stuff. And obviously you come out on top because, so it must have been before Buck because he, yeah, he was fitting that horse. He wasn't too happy about it. Um, but that's, so that's really interesting you tell that story because I use examples of that um, in my training with other people. Because that's, I think it's a, and because I also want people to have discernment. You know what I mean? I don't want them to go, people want to kind of just do whatever somebody does. And I'm kind of like, but, but, but have discernment, you know, you can choose, choose and go, I like what you do, but I like what you do. So I want them to, and so that's perfect because you're saying, what do you think? Well, yeah, but I think it's brilliant, Shauna, because what happens is, so you have Monty and Buck, like I'm talking to them like they're my friends, but um, so (laughs) they do that. I don't think Monty actually ever manages to get the horse over the top because it's just like, wow, by the end of it. But Buck does, but it's in a very different way. But then we come to you and then not only do you do the top, you then put like this toy, this vibrating, like you just like push and you're like, yeah, now I'm just going to put a toy in here. And the horse is like, yeah, okay, I can do this. And so it's like, it really shows everybody, well, look at those other sessions, but look at, you know, there's Sean just hitting the ball out the park, just going, well, I'm just going to up the ante a little bit. (laughs) It's brilliant. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Because you can really see the kids as well. You can really see them go, because they can see it. It just amazes them because they've never thought about things in that way. And and I guess a lot of them haven't seen, the, especially in the UK, the positive reinforcement stuff. So it just kind of blows their mind and they're like, whoa, that's crazy. So it's And I good. love that. And I, and I think what's really important for not only people having choice, the horses have choice. Mm. You know what I mean? With positive reinforcement, we say you can do it or not do it. It doesn't matter to me. And yeah. I mean figure it out because it's it's all information you know what I mean as opposed to thinking that was a failure I think I mean, that would probably be another one don't that would be in the don't pile yeah, yeah. don't get hard on yourself and thinking those things when it doesn't go like you thought it doesn't mean it's a failure actually it's a success because you get to go well that's not what I would do again you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe next time we won't do that yeah <laughs> you information that you can then go all right I need I need a new plan for this horse maybe that's worked for a lot of horses but this one it's not so I have to go okay well good good to know and I Mm. think when we when we 
give them choice. We get to see what they think about it, how they feel about it. And then we can go, all right, well then, then I, I get where you are. I think that is one of the things that's really frightening for, for traditional trainers is the fact that giving them choice and the mm. horse might say no. Yeah. And we're like, and I'm like, well, it's okay. If he says no, we, we have tools to change the no into yes. And now I can figure out what piece of that makes them say no. But, but so many people are like, Oh, Oh no, no, no. Don't give them that much control. You know, mm. they, they're afraid of their horses having a voice, you know, with the, with the marine mammals, we used to take the sea lions for walks and so we would take them for walks in the park there's a bay with no fence that they can go in and and they're bulls sea lions they can smell uh, gals out there you know and stuff and and we would take them for walks in the park you just did and and they could run there's people there's but you you built up to that and using the positive reinforcement they would choose to stay with you versus wanting to go leave and it's the same kind of thing with the horses you know you're like well if I make, if I do my job well, they're going to be like, well, I love the things you bring to the table. Let's sure. Let's see what's next. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, and I think that's the point is in the beginning, you might get a lot of no's, but in the long run, you're going to have them saying, well, yes, 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 yes. And, and we turn them into horses who enjoy solving problems or solving puzzles as opposed to like when you first start working with a horse who's traditionally trained sometimes you say can you touch the target and they're like I don't dare do anything unless I'm told and mm-hmm. that's a real challenge you know but you see him going I don't I don't think for myself because if I come up with stuff I get in trouble so I'll just wait until I know exactly what to do so then we have this new challenge of going just look at it you know <laughs> and, yeah. and then go in that general direction and we and but eventually I want that horse to go, okay, what are we going to do? As opposed to thinking, I'm afraid to do anything. And they're thinking, all right, I got a new puzzle in front of me. Try this and then check it. No, that wasn't it. If I try that, no, that wasn't it. You know, until they're, they're enjoying the process. And mm-hmm. I think that it's not only not scary, it's, it's really reinforcing. You know, I'd say a huge honor. When you come in, your horses are like, yay, the human's mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that people don't even know how different that is until they experience. I think that um, we, when I first started doing it with Biscuit and it was off the back of some behavioral issues and, you know, I got to the point where I would just let Biscuit, at that point we had stables, just let him out the stable and he just, walk, and, and everybody used to be so worried. They're like, what are you doing? You can't just have this big Clyde stable. I said, he's not, he's not going to go anywhere. He just, he's more interested in me. He's, you know, I'm like one of his herd members now and it's all right. And they, they couldn't get over it. They just, and now we work with that on that all the time. And Rum's very much, as soon as, you know, we were there today, he's like, right, okay, what are we doing today? Mm, and it's mm. just such a, I think, we, I think when you do it all the time though, Shauna, you forget that that's not the norm, <laughs> you know? Yes, I get, I get all the time, Rum's really clever. Oh, he's really clever. Oh, he's so, he's so clever. It, actually, every horse is clever. They're all clever. It's just yeah. that I've allowed him to express it and we've learned this together. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I do sometimes say to myself, is he really clever or is every horse really clever? No, they are all, <laughs> they are, they can all do this. But it's, it's, yeah. it, it's amazing how 
my clients, because I'm, I'm a, a physio for animals, so I have a lot of traditional clients, and they, they will watch the videos I put up of Rum, and they're just like, because he's body targeting, and, you know, he lines up for the mountain block, and, and it is, gosh, he's so clever. <laughs> no, your horse could do your this too. Your horse can do that yeah. too, yeah. <laughs> you yes. can do it. <laughs> it was one of the big things I, I heard in the beginning, that horses aren't smart enough to do this. Hmm. Oh. And I thought... Well, like meerkats can do it, you know, <laughs> but, but who am I? I don't know. And sure enough, you know, or the, like in the beginning when I do, I go out and do expos. I went to mainstream, you know, I'm talking 25 years ago now, mainstream places and you'd go and you'd, you'd be in a giant ring and you'd just take the halter off and you'd be like, oh, look at that thoroughbred, you know. She crazy. And then pretty soon they would say, well, you're lucky. You have a good horse. Mm. Oh, you're lucky. You have another good horse and another good horse and another good horse and another good horse. Until they had to stop that. They're like, wait, it can't all be good horses. But that's how people would think. Same thing. Like, he's just really clever. You're just really lucked out with that one. My horse wouldn't do that. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He would. And we haven't, I think traditional training hasn't taught them to to use their brains. You know what I mean? Mm. We've told them, don't do anything until I tell you what to do. So that, opposed to that's another, what I was going to say earlier, when you were saying about the target question, a question I have for you working more in the competition world is, um, you know, these unenriched environments being kept in a stable all day, you know, we know that the seeking system would be working at like this really low level. So do you see a lot of that having an effect on they're not sniffing out the target either because that seeking system just isn't that active as well? I think, and I think it has a lot to do with their overall well-being. Yeah. So it's so if they have enough interactions in their day, they have enough stimulation in their day. They have been, it's been nurtured in them. I find their curiosity stays pretty good, even for show horses. Yeah. You know, because they're like, I do get out. I do get to see, I get to see these things. I enjoy these things because they've been reinforced enough or not punitive enough because i think some show horses people go to the show and then they're like okay we've done this at home and then they get there and the horse is now going what is all this stuff <laughs> so they're not they're not performing like they did at home and then people get kind of tense and they turn it into something that the horse walks away from thinking i don't really like this you know this was mm-hmm. confusing this my human got weird I so as opposed to them just going I have the comfort and freedom confidence to look around and take it in as interesting I think they start looking and they go neophobic you know so now they're thinking everything new is scary so it's I think it because when I started working with BZ's horses BZ's horses were pretty well adjusted because she doesn't go pick horses who don't like what they do you know she's Mm -hmm. not bringing babies along that's not what she was doing she'd go get a horse who's young But taking them the rest of the way wasn't a hard thing. So, and then she did it very gently and nicely and kindly. So they're kind of like, the world's not a bad place. You know, they were, I got to see the best of the show world with her. And so so now I've seen the other sides of it too, where you're like, oh yeah, they don't like any of that. (laughs) So, you know, and it's not done ill intention. You know, people Mm. typically, they don't really aren't thinking that they are doing damage. And if they, if they literally recognize that i think they may even shut down a lot of those people or they do cognitive dissonance they go no 
Mm-mm, I can't accept that. So it's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're like, okay. We could help him to really, I, I plan to show Henley when she is older you know, mm-hmm. I, because I think she will love it. I think she'll think it is the most fun, but I can do that. And it's always going to be up to her. If she's like, no, I don't like jumping. Then I'd be like, okay, then, then we won't, you know I mean? That's not, I'm not going to force her to do it, but I think she has the genetic predisposition. She has the right personality for it. And I think that she will like it when it's done and nurtured and brought along in her. So I want to, I'm looking forward to getting to a point where you kind of demonstrate that for this new, you know, long ago when I was bringing horses along, nobody really knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? Now there's so many people who do know that it's exciting in a different day and age now to see this next generation of horse come along like Minty did. I didn't document any of Minty's real learning under saddle stuff because, you know, video cameras were this big for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. were like this big. And, but it, it wasn't that the audience wasn't there the same as it is now. So I think that it, you really can help them to, to maximize their, their seeking system even with traditional training, if we're going to be mm. to provide for them and manage them in a way that they can feel safe and they do have lots of things that pique their interest. But I think that's a much harder trick than the positive reinforcement. Yeah. And that's why I think one of the things that's hard is we start doing the positive reinforcement. We go to get the horse and the horse is like, this is my favorite part of the day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, okay, 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 okay. And so we have like little kids going to Disneyland cooped up in a car, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, children, we must, I shouldn't have told you we're going. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So, yeah. Because yeah. as soon, sorry, as soon as they see you, that's it. They're like, right. Okay. No, I know mm. what this means. We're going to do. And then, then they're up there already, aren't they? Yes. And that's, and that would be another thing for people to, one of the things I really set out to do and trying to work with Via Nova to do it, just, it's a, it's, it's going to be in the book for sure. I want to be sure that people are recognizing that we become conditioned reinforcers. Yeah. You know, as we start doing this, they see us and think, I am so excited. And they don't even remember why after a while, but our presence can be reinforcing a lot of stuff. So if we go up and the horse is like, oh my gosh, here she comes, here she comes, here she comes. And we just keep going straight ahead. We're reinforcing that behavior. Yeah. So as I start to walk up and see that, I'll just stop for a second and pull out my phone and play a game or something. So I disconnect from them a little bit. And when they're kind of like, I guess she's not coming. Here I come. So that they learn that it's the, so I'm really working on that relaxation through every single piece. It's, I want I want relaxation and I want impulse control or self-regulation, whatever you want to call it. I want them to be able to go, okay, I can keep it together in exciting times. And, and, and really what they're doing is finding it more reinforcing. They will choose being settled, be quiet, being relaxed over following their instinct to go, wah, you know? So Mm -hmm. I want them to realize, I want to be able to go, I see that you're too much. Let's relax for a second and then go, okay. Okay. And, and learn to bring themselves back down so that it's important that I know that I might be reinforcing that lifted up place. And I want them to be in 
be able to be in a calm, excited place. You know, I want them to be enthusiastic and engaged, but I want it to look like this. <laughs> you know, like, here yeah. she comes. I'm so excited. Like a Zen place. Yeah. Like, I'm so excited. We're, here she comes. We're going to do a session. Versus, <laughs> you know, the, the, and that's a trick because look at my personality. Well, you we know, have the same people. problem. We have exactly yeah. the same problem because our energy, and I find this with Rum, and he's and um, he's very much I see you I see you I'm coming I'm coming and I'm like yes great let's do it and now and now we're both just exploding and it's it has because it is one of the downsides for me it's been one of the downsides there's been so much that is just amazing and it's positively rewarding for us as much as it is for for the horse but it it can become very overwhelming and just on top of you when they are like that so actually that's a really good um helpful hint for me because when we when we train we want to train we're desperate to train because we love it too so we've both got those feelings and I have to manage my feelings and I have to help him manage his feelings in the field as well and so that's yeah helpful I'm going to use that definitely This is what I do that really helps me the most. I start every session standing side by side. You know, I want them. I want their default position when they don't know what to do. I want them to come stand beside me shoulder to shoulder and to be able to just be, I want to build relaxation into it. So it's, it's really the keeping their head away. You know, first it's like, I got my head away. Look at me. Yeah. I that's not relaxed. That's not, that's not anything we want to end with, but I need to first give you the clarity of yes, over mm. there is better than here. Okay. And so now we get that and now there it's an activity and I'm like, well, great. We, we're going to have to shake this down. So I've got this head away and for split second in different times, even if I'm feeding them, so I will feed them. Then maybe they've done it right. I'll feed them a big handful. So they're kind of like, Oh, okay. Cause when are they most relaxed? Usually mm. when they're eating, mm. you know, as they're chewing and they're kind of like, I'm pretty good for a minute. So they may have their head in the right spot and I'll click and I'll feed and I'll click and I'll feed until pretty soon I get their head still. It's not relaxed. So it may still look like this, which isn't relaxed, but it's better than the activity. So I'm like, mm. I'll take that. And people say, but that's not relaxed. It's like, no, but we're shaping relaxation. Mm. I'm shaping a softening of all those physical parts, which really manifest into the mental parts. And then pretty soon, you know, then they're like, oh, I just keep my head here until we can, when I come up and stand shoulder to shoulder, they kind of just, and then I build duration. So they just think, here we are, we're going to stand here for a moment. And so that becomes a way that I can take this big horse to this relaxed place. So I start every session, or I try to, with that behavior. So it is a relaxed, soft behavior. So as they see me coming, they start anticipating. I know what she's going to ask for. She's going to ask for this. Yeah. So yes. I start there. And then as we do stuff, sometimes I look and I think, oh, I've got you quite excited right now. So then I'll go back and go, okay, let's stand for a moment. Even with Minty after all these years, I'll go from up to down to up to down. So I can take that energy and go, okay. And I'll even, like, I'll, I, I slump my shoulders so I don't even look te- like I'm alert almost. And I slump my shoulders and I take a deep breath. So everything about me looks like I'm not doing anything. So it kind of, it, it tells them, it conveys to them. She doesn't look like she's about to go launching off for free jumping. 
Mm. And so then they kind of get there. And so I can go, okay, we've kind of got everything up. Let's go back down. And I reinforce the, the down and the soft and the quiet quite often so that they are, they look forward to going to that place with me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good tip. Um, really helpful. Shauna, with that, with Henley, for example, um, you know, working with a young horse and doing this standing behaviour and we're not really doing much, obviously for a younger horse it is you know, the instinct for a horse is to move. And I think in younger horses, it's even more difficult. So do you keep those sessions really short? Because with Rum, that's what I've noticed with him is that he then will start to fill the gaps. He'll start to come busy. And we I, we try to not do, we, we do the slow stuff and can you stand still and can you relax, but try not to do it for too long because I understand that yes. it's quite an incompatible thing, I guess. So how do you work that with um, Henley? That, and that's a great question because it is all the young ones want to do or certain personality types want to do is stuff. You yeah. Know? And they're like, I don't like this stuff. And and what do you want for a young horse? You're like, I want to work on your feet and get you prepared, you know, and it's all, you know, super dull for them. So what I'll do is I will put a higher value reinforcer or I will put more reinforcement, more literal food reinforcement on the quiet stuff. And know that the doing stuff, I still feed it and, and reinforce it, but also knowing there's a lot of intrinsic value in that movement mm, there. Yeah. So I say more enforcement for the quieter stuff, but I do say, okay, we've been here for a second, or, you know, and it may be a second at the beginning. You know, you're like, a second, let's <laughs> take that, you know, and I'll feed that a lot. And then now I will reinforce it by saying, okay, well, let's walk on a little bit and do some other things and go back to activity. Okay, and let's go back to a quiet thing for a moment. And at first it can be just a moment and then it can be a little bit longer moments. But even as I built up duration, sometimes I stop just for a moment, reinforce it and then go back on. So it's not like, oh, I know, now we're gonna do this for three minutes and I don't wanna do that. I'm gonna go back to making stuff up, you mm. know? And so I think that it's the interjecting the two together. And sometimes I get the best relaxation when we are doing stuff. So I also keep in my head, okay, Henley, I know you have a lot of personality. You have a lot of wanting to do. You're a busy girl. You're a busy mind as much as even if she's sometimes she's not even physically moving, but you see her head and her nostrils are flared, taking in the world and her ears are all over. And I know that her little mind is still just as busy taking it in, but what I'll do is then try to say, okay, I know that you want to do stuff. We're going to stand here for a moment. We're going to do this. And then I mix it up. So sometimes it's short, sometimes it's longer. I put more reinforcement on the, the, the side of the quiet. And then I turn that quiet into focusing on me. So it's first, it's just quiet for a minute, but then it's quiet. And I want to see that kind of that they're, they're taking me in their ears, taking me in. Mm -hmm. So now I want to turn it into a focus on me and what we're doing and what I'm asking him to do. But as we're doing things with Henley, there's times like you can see she's doing things. Her little head is she's doing it, but she's, you know, she's all over the map. Yeah, I can think she's not really focusing. So I'll, I'll focus on the focus, but I'll also look for those times when it looks quieter. So she's like, okay, I'm doing it and I'm doing it big. And then there's, or, you know, too much. And then there's times she's like, I'm just going to the target. I will also pay attention to the times when they're doing their things in a relaxed, softer manner. Mm, yeah. So it becomes this whole general theme that I start looking for. So I'm like, you did it, and that's good. And that's what I asked for. 
And then is, and another thing with clarity tends to come relaxation, you know? So as they get a behavior, they're like, I know what to do now. So in the beginning, they're like, I don't know exactly what to do. I'm going to kind of do it too much, too big, too. But as they get the clarity, they tend to start going, okay, I know what it is. And they go do it a little more confident and a little bit more calmly, a little bit more relaxed. So this becomes a way where the criteria starts to shift to doing it with relaxed energy. Mm. Because I also don't want a horse just like this. You know, I want a horse who's like, I can be with you and I'm good and I'm relaxed, but I can, I can run and go and do still too. You know, I don't want it to check out, check in. I want it to be like, I'm here a hundred percent. I'm suited up and I'm ready to play, but it is, but I want relaxed energy. So I talk about the relaxed energy a lot and people can be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> is that trying to, ex- to explain that? So that's a really good question because it, it is one of those nuances that I think people then get so stuck on the relaxation and the quiet that they drive their horse mad. And now they have no, mm. they, they've gone the other direction. You know what I mean? The horse is like, I don't get this. There's no clarity. And then the horse gets, they can go the opposite direction, create the opposite of what they're looking for. Yeah. I unfortunately do have a horse that does that at conquest center. Some, he was, he was trained by someone who, maybe wasn't the best (laughs) and um ended up in him training the person for a start so I'm not moving unless you give me a reward so (laughs) and then also this real lackluster and this kind of like you know you're like come on and it's like boom boom and and it's quite hard to we're trying to change it round but we're having to find, I, I literally had a session with him this morning and I was talking to Nick Nick, our, my mm. colleague, and I was saying, you know, we've got to find something that he really enjoys and go from there because he knows all the basics and stuff, but something that will really get his attention get and get him in. Yeah. yeah. And so we're just going through that process at the moment. It's a lot harder working backwards, isn't it? It's so hard. <laughs> And mm. it is, and look for the times that you see any effort at all. Yeah. So it's not mm. even the thing, it's the effort. So, you know, Minty, my Minty, who has been, you know, he's 28. And I, he, was a, he was Henley's age when I started him, younger than Henley now, way back with John Abizi. He was the biggest quitter of any horse I've ever worked. Really? He'd be like, that's too much. Uh, you know, targeting is too much. And the, the horse in the stall, the paddock, next to us who, who I wasn't working I'd be like I get it I'll touch the target you're <laughs> <laughs> like okay it's not that hard so he was awful but what I did is I started looking for like where he'd go I'm just going to leave and if I'd see him go okay I'll look at the target I'll take that <laughs> until it turned in a horse who's full of try yeah. but in the very beginning so looking anything that can get him that might pique his interest a little and then and what, what is tricky about the horse like you're talking about is you got to get him back in the game. Because like with the, yeah. when they love the game is really what's most important. It isn't all about the food or mm. else the marine mammals would have done nothing. And I think that there's a lot of people when they do positive reinforcement with their horses, not knowing they make it all about the food. Mm. And to make it all about the food is actually taking the joy out of it. And it's harder to get back from that. Because yeah. how do you put the joy back into it? How do you get the game to be the part that they like so much? Mm. And so it is trying to look for any little piece that he will engage in a little bit. Go, that's the part. That's all we needed. That's all. Until you get him where he's like, 
well, actually, I can try a little. I can try a little. Or, you know, the step brightens up just a touch. You're like, that's it. You know, so it's a little bit of try and a little bit of focus. But you're right. that It's a lot harder to go the other direction and get those guys back to. Because now it's turned into some other thing and, and not the thing we wanted, you know. So it makes it harder to go <laughs> He's the trainer, Shauna. And he's kind of, and he, he does this. You know when you get some horses that you train and they just look at you as if to go, you know, they're just like, whatever. Well, and you, they make you feel really stupid. You're like, come on, just just anything. Just give me anything. And I just stood there like, whatever. She's crazy. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes with those guys taking a moment, if they really kind of continue in that, sometimes I'll just go, I'm just going to step back for a minute. And, and if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. But then when you step back, you have a tendency then to go, wait, what? You know, and they do want to do it. Yeah. So sometimes I think if I say, if you're going to choose to do that, you can do that. That's your choice. Because I'm not here to pull your teeth. You know, if, mm. I want to feel like when they show up, it's 50-50. That they're like, I'm here with you and we're working together. Because it's hard for both of us, you yeah. know, to figure out how do I get you to figure out the Spanish clock or whatever. You know, how do I help you to get it sorted out? And, and yet they're thinking how do I get you how do I figure out what you're asking me to do so they need to be there with me mentally and if they're going to be like I don't really want to do this then I go okay well I'll come back in time in a few minutes but I find if I step away for a minute they have tendency to go well that's not how it works Mm. and then they're (laughs) right there you know so so it's just a it's it's a reinforcement history that's been established so kind of then then if I see them go well, wait, you're not supposed to leave. No, that attitude I'll take. And I'll come back in for a second and do one thing, reinforce and I'll even reinforce that and then step away. Because it's, and then, and then give them a jackpot, you know, and say, yeah. that's what I'm looking for is that attitude and that, that place. And that was one of my other things was pay attention to the attitude is the most important thing mm-hmm. because they are, it, it, it is, you know, we can, Teaching them to do something pissy, you know, like they're like, I'm doing it. Well, I don't mm. want that. Or have them going, golly, okay. I don't want that either. I want somebody who is in the game and who does want to play and who's, who's with me and, and sees this and is really excited about it. And that's where that's up to, that's the tricky part. This is where the art meets the science. You know, the science is there packed away in a certain neat file, but the art is really, really hard. And this is where we go to the individuals, you know, and now you're like, okay, but now I have to figure out how to help you to be the best you can be. And so then now I have to look at them and say, and you're an individual. You're not, you're not just like Minty. You're not like Henley. You're not like, and and a lot of times they fit to a certain degree and this type of horse, you know, you'll get near, you know, I kind of know these type when I'm helping people doing online coaching, you know, or phone, you know, and I'll say, I bet he does this too. And they're like, oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not psychic. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen enough of the pattern to know, I bet he does that at feed time. And they're like, yeah, actually he does, you know, and it's, <laughs> so you, you'll get a certain amount of that, but I still need to look at them as individuals always and just think, I'm here with you right now, with you, horse, whoever you are, and I need to figure out what you like, what you respond to, and use those things, you know, and Mm. think you do like when I get excited, 
you know, for some horses that really works. Mm-hmm. Other horses like, whoa, what was that about? Or some horses, you know, if I have a horse that's very big, I tend to be very quiet and calmer because I need, but whatever they like and whatever seems to help them be the best horse they can be. Because my vision is always not to think, how can you serve me? I'm thinking, how can I serve you? How can I help you to be a happier, more well-adjusted horse in, mm-hmm. in the world you live in, this human-centric world that you live in? My job is to help you become the best version of yourself. And, and, and if, what can I do? So I'm here to help you live in this world and, be, and thrive. Not just exist, I want you to thrive. And so I think that I have to then look and think, but what do you need? Every horse that I meet, I kind of look and I think, here's this band in the middle where I think is that the horses that are the most well-adjusted and happiest. So I come in and I have horses either up or below, typically. So I think, how can I bring you to this place where you're curious, you're, you're well-adjusted, you find your world safe and you enjoy your world and you interact with horses. And, and I'll find that like horses that can be kind of tense horses and they're angry in their herds and they're bullies and they chase them around and they're, you know, or the one that's disengaged and doesn't interact with anything and put something brand new in front of their face and they're like, it's not there. And I think I need to help them get to this place where they're the best versions of themselves, Mm. which is the most well-adjusted. And those horses, when you start doing the training, what I'll oftentimes start finding you know, that horse who was really kind of aggressive towards the other horses is a lot softer. That horse who was disengaged from the world starts to be more like, what is that stick over there? And they, and they are starting to interact with their herd as opposed to avoiding them. And, and these guys are interacting, the, the weird aggressive ones, not weird, but you know, <laughs> the ones that are not comfortable in their world start to become more comfortable and they have nicer interactions and they're, they're not tearing up the stick. They're just investing, you know, and mm. you see all these pieces fit into place. So that's when I meet some horse, I think, okay, what can, how can I get you to this place, this, this nice area, which tends to be where I find them to be the most well-adjusted and happiest versions of themselves. Because you know what, ultimately, those are the horses that, okay, let's say their, their owner died, you know, disappeared, nobody knows. Those horses that are well-adjusted are going to tend to be more well-received by the next person who comes mm. along because they're well-adjusted, mm. which means they're probably going to stay well-adjusted. If they're still in this weird place and they start doing these things that people like, I don't understand, then they start treating them like they're aggressive and they start behaving. You know, it's, it's all this catch 22. So if we can get them kind of in this well-adjusted place, we're hopefully setting them up for, I mean, I never think any horse will ever leave my care, but if, if I have a well-adjusted horse, they're, they're going to be well-received by the next people who interact with them. I mean, it's a great example of that. People just love Minty. And, and it's, it's that you, he's become so like, Hey, I like everything. Mm. So everybody likes him, you know, and that's, that's where we want him to be kind of. So I think that's one of the things as I look at an individual, I think, how can I help you? And what do you as an individual need to become a more balanced, you know, version of yourself? And sometimes they're there, but, but oftentimes they're outside of those boundaries I find. 
I love that. And it's so true about like the kind of holistic effect that the training has on horse. I've seen it so many times now with horses that just, like you said, become so much... It, that these other problems just kind of get sorted out without you actually having to do anything that, you know, and it's just, mm. that's the, the beauty of it. But also I love um, what you're saying about, you know, if God forbid anything ever happened to someone, you know, having a horse that is able to, you know, go to another home or be taken on and, and, you know, you're safe in that thought that, you know, if anything happens to me, my horse will be okay. We talk about that with rum, don't mm, we? We just talk about mm. if you die. Well, I don't, I, I always think I don't want a spoiled brat. You know, I do feel sometimes with the um, training again, you know, a, another downside from my point of view is that sometimes I feel he's, he's like, yeah, me, it's my turn. Yeah. And I'm first. And, and this is all about me. And it's kind of like, no, you're not, you're not the spoilt brat. There's five of you in the herd and you have to remember that. And I kind of say to you, don't I, we, yeah. he, I need him to be because I mean, he, he'll never leave, but if he ever had to, I want him to have the best and he'll have the best if he's not a spoiled brat, <laughs> you know, and that, and that's how I kind of say it. I know it sounds, doesn't sound, you know, in a horsey world, but if he's, if, because he, he is, he can be quite, well, we're doing this today, aren't we? And we're like, no, we, we kind of thought we'd do this. <laughs> and he's like, well, I, I've got other plans for our session. I want to do that game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I say to Kate, here comes the spoiled brat. How are we going to deal with this? You know, and it's one of our things because going forward, I don't want him to be because I want him to be received everywhere in a positive way, like, like Minty is. Yes. And I think, keep in mind, any behavior increases or maintains in frequency, something's reinforcing it. So mm. this has worked for him. It's part of his personality. It probably worked for him as a baby, you mm. know, that he'd be like, I'm the baby. And, and everybody said, yes. So when I look at that, for, for me, I would go, okay, I see instead of focusing on what I don't want, what do I want? So then I start thinking, I want the patient guy. So when I see him being patient, I go over and then go, you know what? We're going to, now is the time that we're going to reinforce this behavior. And it's going to, you have to shape it, you know, because he's used to going, I, it's all about me. It's the rum show. Yeah, so true. So you kind of have to go, when you can be a co-star for just a second, I'm going to say that piece will get you what you're looking for. So knowing that that works for him and thinking, okay, but let's, let's help him to learn how to do it. And so focus on what you do want to see more of. And the horses like him are the type that you take them out and they're like, I have ideas. You know, <laughs> session. And you're like, no, I'm working with a client who uh, has, he's a, he's a, uh, a Percheron cross. So he's a paint Percheron wow. cross. So he looks like a giant cop and he is, uh, but he is very much, and he's four and he's very much like, no, I want to do this. And so teaching her who's new. Okay. Now that's been okay to a certain degree, but now he needs to start learning to focus on what do you want? And so it means making it more reinforcing, making our ideas. So mm. instead of him just thinking, this will be fun. You want him to start thinking, what do you have up your sleeve today? Because mm. it's going to be fun and I'm going to get, it's going to be quite reinforcing. So kind of having to shift where he goes, I want to do this. I'll say, keep going with what you want to do. And then he'll, he'll have to kind of come along. And then when he finally goes, okay, wait, I'm coming. <laughs> and then you can start reinforcing him for deciding that 
what you have in store might be more fun and it, than what he had in store. And keep in mind, variety and variability is quite reinforcing. Mm. So for a bold horse to then go, and look, surprise, I can have this ball over here, or I have some other piece or a new thing we're going to do, they can oftentimes find that quite reinforcing. Mm-hmm. So it, it challenges us. Henley's a huge challenge for me because she's quite bold and confident. You know, so I have to kind of go, and very smart. She's <laughs> smarter than me on a lot of days. So I have to go, okay, I have to keep, but but thinking I have to kind of be planned on things and have things stored and, 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 you know, be ready for trying new things to see if we can't keep her engaged because I'm more fun or more entertaining, more unpredictable, bring new things to her more than her just going, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. So I think that that's a good challenge. Yeah, it is a good challenge. Yeah, it keeps us on our toes, isn't it? I know. We'll take some recordings and, and send them to you, Shauna. <laughs> You'll love them <laughs> on, on these ridiculous activities that we're yeah. Because we pretty much do some ridiculous act. We, you know, we're just starting hide and seek, which is it's a new favourite of his, yeah, which is um, going to get progressively more difficult. So we are always trying to up it, but it's like, yeah, we got to get a bit more creative for, mm. with the games. Mm. Yeah, I it think... Yeah, and I think the things he finds challenging, he will he he does kind of just opt out of. But if we can sort of put sandwich. in sandwich it in with a a new game and add that bit of challenging behaviour to it, I think he'll thrive on that. I think he'll really go for that. So that's that's really good, really yeah, helpful. Absolutely, that's fantastic. And it strengthens his relationship with you and with the training. Yes. You yeah. Know, so it's. it's kind of it all goes together just to make it more more a better learner you know down mm. the road mm. one of the things that's great you know when they're, they get so good about stuff is then you just bring something to them and and they're doing half the work mm. you know yeah. you're like well we're gonna work on collection today and they're like okay okay so I got this and I got that and could it be? Maybe it's that. You're like, yes! But, you know, they're, they're right there with you. Yeah. Do it. I don't have to make it happen. Almost like let it happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just say, here's a suggestion. Here's a suggestion. What do you do with it? And then they kind of go through and come up with the ideas. And I think that's that's a really lovely place to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of the training, isn't it? Because you're, you're building confidence in the horses to go, oh, I might try that. And I might try doing that. And I might try doing that. And, you know, just to to see what they can get that click for rather than always going, no, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. And then they're just like, well, yes. I'm just not going to do anything then. Mm-hmm. Let's just mm-hmm. stay still. And that's yes, what I cool. love. Yeah. And <laughs> I love when they get to the point where they almost slow down about it, you know, so they're not throwing a thousand things, but you can, this was a huge thing for me and Murray. So Murray was the off the track thoroughbred, didn't like life. Life was just everything was scary and and threatening to him and so you know it, you start using the training to change his attitude and his perception of the world and pretty soon you've got it you know and he's gotten good place and then it was I was the good one nobody else you know so I was a good human every other human was bad and then you get to the point where he really likes the training he's good with it and we did a workshop here at Villanova and so there's one gal that has had a lot of experience with hunter jumpers and, and thoroughbreds. And I thought she'll, she'll know how to deal with it. 
you're, you know, certain people you're like, I don't know what he'll do. And I don't know that you'll know what to do, but I thought she'll read it. She'll know. And so she was, and they wanted to see him kind of lift his back just a little bit. And I was like, okay, he doesn't know it. So I picked the gal, Pat, and I said, Pat, you go work with Murray. And to watch him problem solve with her in a slow, deliberate, relaxed way was mm. like, he's made it. You know oh, what I mean? that's so, so nice. As he went there, instead of him going, I'm going to give you a thousand things, which makes it hard then to pick the piece that you like, you could see him going, that? You know, and he just gave her one little piece at a time. And to see that slow, thoughtful, problem-solving process going on, that was just, to me, I was like that. I was so proud of him. But that's what I want with the horses, is I want them to slow down and think about what could it be and try one little thing at a time versus mm. they go through an earlier stage where they're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I like one piece of those <laughs> yeah. I don't it i don't know what piece though you thought it was and but you they get better about going i'm just going to try a little bit at a time and i love it when they get there that's a, a great place to be yeah that's awesome actually we've seen that with rum with the body targeting we he have like really thinks it's through because we're doing the, you know the high and the back and shoulder and the face and all that and at some point you can just see him and he just sits there and he just does this like Oh, yeah. Like, and it's like, oh my God, that's so yeah. awesome. He knows he's got it. Yeah, he yeah, he's exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, mm, okay. And it, that, it, I, so we get that. That's like the best feeling because it's so calm and so deliberate as well, isn't it? It's like, I am, I am actually, you can really see that thought process. You, I think you can see them owning it, can't you? And I think that that's what's lovely. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm reassured, even if I get it slightly, even if, if it's not what you exactly want, we're going to work through it together. And yes. I own this training as much as you do. And I think that's what's lovely when it, when it works. That's what's lovely. And, and we have a lot of times like that. And I, but I think you're right. You have to go through the mad moments. And, and that's part of the training too, isn't isn't it? I just think that that sometimes for us can be a bit overwhelming, but, but it's with part of it. Any type of training, you get that. Oh so, yeah, every like type. you know, every and, type. and I like to think that with with this style of training, it's a little safer. I feel a little safer. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more well, safer than I do if a horse kind of isn't like that. You know, using other methods, it it's can a little get quite safer, dangerous. and it's a lot fairer. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, and a lot more fun yeah. as well. And it's a, it is a lot safer yeah. because yeah. they're not, you know, they're not tied up and they're not worried about what happens if I don't get it right. So mm. even if they go, I'm going to do this, and if they don't get it, they own that too. Mm. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, this then, you know, and they give you something else, and and they've got to rule it out and put that away. But it's not like. You know, what's going to happen if I got it wrong? Because even just subtle corrections for a sensitive horse can be quite scary. For yeah, them, yeah you know? so it I can. Think that it is nice when they can just own it and go. And, and the safety value. Do you know positive reinforcement is one of the biggest reasons with the marine mammals we did it is because it's the safest. Oh, really? Mm. Yep. You don't want anybody going, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I can just got this vision of this killer ale going. I don't know. I'm just like eating you. <laughs> <laughs> so where's Shauna? Oh no, killer whales eat her. <laughs> you, know, you, you want them to kind of 
trying to go, I like this, I enjoy it, I have answers, and it's it, it, it creates the mental place and the emotions that go with it are so settled and grounded, you know, that mm. that is, makes a big change in the safety value. So while people think having them at liberty is unsafe, you're like, no, it's actually far safer. Because if a horse, I'm, let's say I'm trying to get a horse over the tarp, and the horse is like, no, I'm afraid of the tarp. But if they're, and so now I have all this, might have all that going on. When, if they're loose, they go, I don't like it. I will walk away. You know, and you're like, okay, well then it's up to me to change it. But they, mm. they can, they can calmly walk away and nervousness can look very different when they're at liberty than when they're, when they're don't have a choice. Confirm. So I think it is very safe. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So I get back to the fire? yeah yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have to round up. Oh, bless you, Shauna. This is amazing. But yeah, let's get back to the five, and then I want to hear all about your book and everything you're doing as well. So go okay. go for it. Let's see. Um, body language. I'll go through them a little faster. Yeah. <laughs> I won't speak. How about that? That will help as well. <laughs> I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> But I, I could talk to you guys all day. I know. We're going to okay. have you back on, Shauna. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, right good. And we've got that recorded for everyone to hear. So there we go. <laughs> Put her on the spot. <laughs> okay. So one of the things I really try to re- remind people of is to pay attention to body language. So I think traditional training, what we think is over threshold is, you know, you know, when actually over threshold could have just been like this. Yeah, And we don't look at it like that. So I try to remind people that the communication that comes through the subtle body language, what we think is, is subtle, is actually them trying to be very clear. So I think that's important. Um, I already said the individual meet the horse where they are. We talked about that. Celebrate the small steps towards mm. your goals. Because that's one of the things I think people tend to keep looking at the, the biggest, the next picture, the next picture. And sometimes it means when he just leaned on that outside foot and we have to go, that's perfect. Yay. We'll leave it there for today. Or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I think to really celebrate that and not lose track of it. We also have a tendency, particularly with young horses, we see so much that they have to do and to learn that we can get caught up in the, where we still have yet to go. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we really have to sit back and go, but look, last month I couldn't even get that halter on or whatever, you know. And mm. so I think to remind ourselves that those those small steps are actually quite big. We'll get there. Why are we? Why is everybody always in such a rush to get through the training process? You know, we spend a lot of money to have horses. Yeah, we should enjoy it. Okay, and then have fun was the the most important one. Yeah. was to have fun to make it fun for our horses. Okay, so on the don'ts. And I have a tendency, um, and at Villanova, we try to do this too, is I tend to focus on what I do want, not what I don't want. Mm-hmm. But there is a point you can't help but go, but we got to talk about what not to do too, how to avoid things. Yeah. So one of the things I like to remind people, don't label your horse. The, 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 whatever you're thinking they are, it's, there's a reason they're doing it. You know, so if they're being stubborn, they're being this, they're being that. Instead, just label, labeling them and thinking that's it to sit back and go, okay, well, they're being stubborn for a reason. You know what I mean? They're not going on the trail floor because of something, or they're not coming to the mounting block on something. So one might be pain, one might be fear. 
So then we just need to kind of look at it and think, okay, uh, it was my idea. This is, this is going to lend me to another one is, or lead me to the next one, which is don't blame the horse hmm. because they didn't, they didn't say, Hey, I want to be a trained horse. We just tied this, you know, we're the ones that said, we are going to, you're going to be my horse, you know? And so they didn't sign up to come here and do this. So it's up to us to help them to become well-adjusted. So not blaming the horse when we don't, when it's not going right, they're not being stubborn. They're not being this it's there's a reason. And then when it's not going well, we need to kind of go, okay, it's up to me to help bring clarity to this situation. So I need to go back to the drawing board and it doesn't mean get hard on yourself. It just means, well, okay, I need to try something different as opposed to one blaming ourselves. It's one of the things I'm not really big on the training logs or the training uh, shaping plans. I like the general shaping plan, but I can find that people get so stuck on it that it becomes this gauge of, of I succeeded or I failed or my mm. horse succeeded or failed. And so I'm like, you know, you got to throw that out the window. So you get the big general thing. I'm going to take these steps, I think. And, and sometimes then we go, oh, I need more steps, you know, and then we have to add mm. more in, but it's not the people tend to then start thinking, we didn't get there. And I don't want them people thinking, I don't want people thinking that I want them looking at the horse and thinking, okay, how do I have to adapt? I think, um, sorry, just an I cause I can't no. obviously not speak for more than five minutes. It seems <laughs> no, but, um, you know, our, uh, Patriot, Patreon, I always say it wrong site that we have, um, you know, this comes up a lot. And when we're going to just do our little Q&A session for our members after this, and that is one of the questions that, that has come up, it is about, um, you know, these steps. And if you if you don't get them, if your horse doesn't get them as well, and then people are like, what's there's something wrong with my horse? I've got a stupid horse because he doesn't follow this manual exactly. And, you know, all the problems that arise around that. So I'm really glad you, you spoke about that. And we are going to speak a little bit about that in more detail in the mm-hmm. Q&A Good. session after. Good, perfect. Because it is, we get, we get too hard and it kind of goes, then does it, it goes back to getting too in the book. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, end up going who's in front of me and yeah this has worked with 50 other horses but it's not working now yeah. Haley's had me teach two different things I've had to come up with that I haven't done in 30 years <laughs> and I've had to come up with I mean it didn't have to I could have worked through it but I kind of thought you're really bright but you're not you're not processing it like I thought mm. so I, I just thought well, I'm gonna just add this little thing in that I've never done what does that do and it worked but I think it's good to think after all these years I'm still learning yeah well yeah. for goodness sakes everybody you're going to be learning too yeah um so and then I had that don't forget uh the progress you made don't blame the horse Number four, don't forget the attitude is the most important factor, mm-hmm. which we talked about earlier. And then um, don't dismiss. It's, I don't it's know one of your notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> don't dismiss anything. From the book a little bit, um, why do horses do the things they do? This is we've talked a lot about attitude the most important thing there are no bad horses that i think is one of the things the there are no bad horses horses are doing things for a reason yeah and so they're not being mean they're not even horses i've worked with horses who want to kill humans i mean literally 
want to take hunks of flesh. But once people would get them caught, they could ride them. And you're like, okay, that's you. <laughs> but but they, didn't, they want to kill people. I mean, they really do not want anyone in their space, in their realm. And there's a whole slew of management issues that tend to go with mm. it, past or present, you know. Mm. But I still have to look and think, okay, I don't, I can't take it personally. I just have to go, okay, well, what can I, where can I start? You know, what can I get you to do? And then I can change the whole emotional component behind it. So I think that that is, even in those situations, I have to not take it personally. And I have to just think, okay, he's not being bad. He's doing what's worked for him. Mm. And over the years, this is what's worked for him. This has a stronger reinforcement history than accepting the human. So then I have to set out and think, okay, what do I want? Or what relaxation I want, you know, whatever it looks like. And let's see, are there any other little pieces on there? Recognizing our horse's emotions. Um, I think that's probably it. Well, but don't dismiss. I think don't dismiss the emotions, I think is what I had as part of it. This has been amazing, Shauna. Thank you so, so much. Before we go to the Q&A part, which is for our patrons only, could you just tell us all about Vianova? Me and Kate are planning to come and stay with you in 2022 and train and um, meet Henley. And um, we want to know all about your book, all about your podcast, which most people should know, but... And your training site And the training site. So, So go for it. Tell us all about what you're doing. Okay, so um, right now I am at Via Nova, which is in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is in the United States. People then go, oh, so you live in Mexico. You're near where, um, it's near Albuquerque, isn't it? So it's near where Breaking Bad was based. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's Breaking Bad without the methamphetamine. Yeah, okay. I'd be terrified. Oh, we're not coming now. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's really lovely here in santa fe santa fe is a lovely town so it's very uh anyway so we are creating a positive reinforcement training center which is giving people a place to come learn mm. versus i think there's early on there's only so much shauna to go around to be honest with you you know yeah. in the early days you're like i can only give you what i can give you but Hopefully we can start with it. And I think now people have come so far and are so much further along. But all along, people have said, I want to come learn with you. Can I come learn with you? And I'd be like, I don't have that place. So now we're at a place where kind of Amanda, who owns it, got the idea. And I've come here and do clinics to create a place where we can have people come and learn with our horses typically. But we can learn in person because there's only so much you can learn before you need to really get your hands on. Mm. And, and so that's what this is about is about trying to create a place for people to come learn beyond just what we have available online and, and, and going to, to see people. So, so that's what we're doing here at Via Nova. And I have my Minty, who is my old guy. And I mean, he's 28 now. Wow. Who, again, I started with him when he was a yearling. You know, he was John and Beezy Madden's horse, and he was a yearling. And now all these years later, he's taught thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have seen him, whether online or in person. And so now I have Henley, who's kind of the next generation. But we have a whole next generation of 
people who actually know what it is. You know, 28 years ago, nobody knew what I was mm-hmm. talking about. I was like the sideshow person at the circus. <laughs> you know, they're like, let's go see what the whale lady has to say. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't taken seriously, you know. And nowadays, we have groups and people and, mm-hmm. you know, people really want to learn more. And Henley now is coming along in a new day and age to be, you know, to learn all of it in a public way, but also in, you know, I've also learned a lot in, in 30 years of doing this. So it's, it's very exciting. So Henley is my little star here and you can come see her. And we have a couple people that have been on the traditional side of training who are incorporating the positive reinforcement and, and, you know, so we have kind of, what does that look like? How do we dovetail the two together in, in the more traditional sense? And anyway, so that's what Nova is about, is really about education and trying to further that and getting it further. My book is, I mean, the, my first book, I wrote it like in 1998, 99. Is this so the, now, and the, it came out like in 2000, I think. Is that yep. the first book? And that's the, yeah, that's, so now... It is still a great book that helps so many people to understand and get started. But again, we have, we're so much further along. Yeah. And what I'm seeing, one of the big things I see is, is people. So now we have more people excited and getting started, but then they get started and they step into potholes, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're, they're like, now my horse is a mess. And now I'm just going to walk away because I don't know how to deal with it. So I'm trying to help people to avoid those pitfalls that happen along the way when we mm-hmm. don't know enough. It's and it's easier to deal with it from the beginning than than have to go undo it. So kind of like you're talking about that one horse where you have mm-hmm. to kind of go undo it. So I'm trying to help people get get past that, and then also new tools. You know that we have really developed that have helped people. Impulse control being one of the big focuses that I I think is so important that people don't know about and. You know, how do we get there and how do we take it to under saddle? How do we take it to the next place? And I think in the very beginning with my book, I didn't realize that the horse world didn't really think or consider emotions because mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. And so then I wrote it saying, this is how you get this done, this done, this done, and kind of didn't really touch on the emotions enough because I, I made an assumption that the horse world knew that. Yeah, yeah. And what's the name of the new book? What's the title of the new book? Um, You know, I forget the name right now. It's about positive reinforcement. I have to look it up. It's about positive reinforcement, creating positive relationships with our horse in the in the new world. Do you know what? In in now that we have new tools. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe we could do a podcast on that when it comes out. Do you, I want to read it. Like, I just, I think it sounds like such a, it's a, it's a new concept of the, any other books that I know of out there or any sources of, and in something with that with mm. the potholes, because, you know, our listeners, that is a lot of what we get is like, I've fallen into this pothole. What do I do? My horse is not doing what it's supposed to. And it's so needed. It's so needed. So mm. I can't wait for that. Do you know when it's coming? coming out or it'll be about a year no (laughs) (laughs) you can't wait that long (laughs) that year it'll be the it'll be like nine months or so because it's with a publisher okay publishers always take longer and it's my original publisher from way back when 
publishers always take longer than typically than self-publishers because yeah. they send off and they make it all glossy and they send it with hardbacks and they send it to, you know, off to be pressed. So it takes a little bit longer. But this next weekend, are, I'm going, I'll be back in Pennsylvania, which is on the East Coast of the United States, and I'll be doing a photo shoot for the book. So oh, I'll great. Getting just... some pieces together. So it's, we're getting there. Yeah, that's exciting. exciting. And your podcast is on Horse Radio Network, isn't it? And that's the... Yes. Um, Good. Tell us all about your tell us all about your podcast. And the podcast is Equine Clicker 101. <laughs> and so it is it's lessons. You know, yeah. that's really what I set out to do was thinking again, it's trying to get people to avoid some of the, the struggles. So mm. if they can go listen to a piece and they can kind of walk through it, what does it look like? And the hows and whys. And there's nuggets in every single one. So even if you're like, I don't need to know trailer loading. There tends to be pieces in there that if you listen to it, you're like, oh, I never thought about it like that. So it's really, it has 50 episodes and it is really um, trying to cover the different pieces so that people can go back and go the first, you know, four really are going to be getting started mm. and trying to say, okay, think about the relaxation. How do we get this? And how do we go? There's always limits because there's so much more in my head. I remember yeah. teaching a week long um, college course and it was, I thought I have the kids all like all day, every day for five days. I thought, what am I going to talk about? Oh, it wasn't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, it's because your passion shows through those so much. And personally, I think I've listened to every single one of your uh, podcast, Equine Clicker 101. I have, so I yeah. Definitely recommend them. They're fantastic. Yeah. They're brilliant. Thank you. And it's a lot of fun to do. There's always more, though, because even as you start with that subject, but there's more about that subject mm, than you can get in your mm, podcast. But, mm. but it's, I guess that's it. It's, it's a journey, a lifetime learning journey. Yeah, and mm. it's hard to cover everything in in what I know that with a project I'm working on at the moment. I'm like, oh, maybe we should add that in that. But then you start to overwhelm, you know, and it's like, okay, let's just get the basics down. What are the basic most important bits? And then you think, oh, but somebody's probably going to say, well, you didn't talk about that and you haven't mentioned that. And it's like, but you can't talk about everything. And, no. You know, like it's, it's too much information almost so um but yeah and there, yeah i'm sorry and there's so many directions you could go yeah there you know, is there's so go, many directions I, there's 15 things i need to cover about this if i'm gonna be really thorough and even then i'll get you know go to a clinic and be like i don't know have you tried this and this and then like, yes 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 and I'm like then let's try this yeah I think that's where um, having the podcast, which is really great for listeners and learners because they're free as well. So they're, that's a really, it's lovely for everybody to have that access, isn't it? Which is great for us all. And we all learn from everybody else. And it's lovely to have that ethos as well, because quite often, sometimes I know from the physio world or the therapist world, sharing sometimes can be quite difficult for people so it's lovely to have a group of people that do share and that want to share yes I agree that's and that was me way back when when I started doing those ask Shauna's and stuff that, that you know that on YouTube mm. and people would be like you give away so much stuff other positive reinforcement people I'm like but the more they get it and know 
the better the world is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do you that. Know? And it's... <laughs> We talk about that a lot. We do a lot for free because we just want to help people and we just want to help their horses. And and so we end up like, never make any money. (laughs) (laughs) We're skin. (laughs) We just do everything free. (laughs) And we we might have to cut that bit because everybody would be like, can I just have... (laughs) (laughs) Right. ultimately, they at some point will go, but I need help. You know, but I do want help. So I'm going to go to these people because they've shared so much and I agree and know where they come from. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that it does, you know, ultimately it's just going to be a better world and it all comes back to you in some way, shape or form. You just, you just, if we can make the world a better place right now, golly. I think we're just all doing it for the horse, aren't we? Well, that, I mean, that's where I come from. I'm doing it for the horse and that's the most important thing and loving it along the way. So it's all good. Um, Shauna, we're going to stop the recording now because we want to do our Q&A and I'm aware that we have had you on the recording for ages. So thank you so, so much. It's been awesome. And we're going to stop this one and we're going to go over to the Q&As for our patrons. If you'd like to make contact with either Kate or myself, you can contact us via Facebook. We are Little Green Stables or Ecological Positive Partnerships. Or you can check me out, Becky, on my website, www.littlegreenstables.com. We'd really like to make our podcast interactive. So if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss, then that would be great. So send us a message either via our website or via our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube channels. Thanks. Bye bye. Thank you.